This is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice, with me, Michael Keel. And me, Roger Bell-West. And this month we are sweltering in the heat of, uh, of a South Buckinghamshire midsummer. Yeah, not just... so much heat as humidity. Yeah, yes, yes. It would be better if it were a dry heat, Roger. <laughs> uh, the, and we're going to be talking about character, getting into it, staying in it, and what we, how we define it and build it up. We'll also be uh, looking at um, the Middle Ages, uh, the Dark Ages, and why they aren't quite the way they are in the games. And what, what, are, what are the useful differences between them, and what, what, what are the things you can play with there? I'd also like to uh, thank those who generously uh, help us to keep the show going, and this month that is Robert Wolfe. Thank you very much. Bless you, Squire. We thank you very much. First, an urgent message um, from the nice people at, um, at the Bundle of Holding. It, it, the urgency is purely a matter of timing. This is an offer that's going to die um, the day that this goes out. And the offer is for just about everything there is, excluding uh, the latest role-playing game, the latest two role-playing games based in the setting, just about everything there is for uh, Tecumel, for the Empire of the Petal Throne. Has any games company other than the latest survived publishing it without going out of business? <sighs> they're, they're, well, it is, it is certainly true that, um, uh, that I think Louis Ochi, who, who, uh, oh, fair point, he's still who, who, who published uh, Swords and Glory is still around, but the uh, third volume of the, of the, of Swords and Glory got lost <laughs> in a hurricane. And this is the sort of thing that only happens to Techimel, <laughs> really. I mean, I mean, I know that role playing games have crashed because the, uh, the chief developing editor has been arrested for sex crimes, for instance, and found not guilty later on. But, uh, about. G- had, had an interestingly complicated medical history for the author when he was working on it, but. We do not believe that editing role playing games can be injurious directly to your health. <laughs> but, but anyway. But anyway, Empire of the Petal Throne was uh, one of the first games um, to be to be published. The second game, uh, the second setting for fantasy that um, uh, TSR published after D&D. Which isn't really an intrinsically a setting anyway. Well, no. We, we, uh, which kind of assumes stuff because that's the way Gary's campaign did it. True. And, and so much of it is still around, as we, we're going to say in a moment. Um, but um, it's a science, fantasy, sword and sorcery with SF um, overtones. It's very pulpy. It's set in a far future world which is detailed and strange. Um, one of the chief things that uh, my good friends at the... All of Blue Illumination, which is a podcast about Techimel, have to do is to persuade people that it can, you can make it vary and you can still do it right if you're not Professor Barker. But it's I, be- I've had, as we've said before on the podcast, I have enough trouble co- correlating that with RuneQuest. Hmm, fair enough. But but I have but I I enjoy it. I think it's a wonderful piece of writing and lots of wonderful pieces of writing actually. And just about all of it, uh, Empire of the Petal Throne and the maps. 
and uh, the what there is of Sword and, Swords and Glory, including the Tecumel source book, are all in there, and um, several other things as well. So if you haven't got it and you want it, grab it now at a re- at a very reasonable price. Yeah, what are you doing still listening to this? It might have ended by now. Ah, and if it's a second a second or later, too late. What's what's the other thing that's on? Oh yes, we should probably mention Paranoia because that still will be running. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, uh, this is the latest version of Paranoia, um, the one with all the cars. I'm not sure. I've got the uh, I've got the box set um, and the GM screen. I'll never use the GM screen. I strongly suspect it's just too weird and wonderful. Hmm. But uh, and I'm not sure how you run the uh, the uh, the core game without the box set and all the cards in it. But presumably, print your own cards. Print your own cards. Yeah, if you can go to the expense. But there is those are oh, in the tabletop simulator. Uh, yeah, thank you. All right. That, that, was, that was another unpaid poor, uh, plug. Um, and uh, it, it contains just about all that they published so far, and looks very nice. And it may actually cause me to run the drafted thing one day. I must admit, I'm still re- reasonably fond of Paradise XP. I thought it was doing things reasonably well. It didn't really need a new edition. I mean, I know it was the whole mongoose ramp, basically. It was a standard mongoose business practice at that point. After a bit, they would just drop a thing, presumably when whatever the latest thing was didn't bring in enough money. They, mm. they got all these licenses quite cheap and produced stuff for them. Some, some of the stuff they produced was quite good and then just stopped. Mm. Are but they still doing that? I haven't heard much from them lately. I, I think they're technically still in business, but but, but I don't know. Oh. I, th- I think they drifted over more towards the, role, uh, the wargaming side of things. Well, um, wherever you are, the boys, uh, I quite like the, the newest edition of, of Paranoia. Um, Paranoia, as an idea, is very fun, um, though not for every day, I think. Yeah, um, what, what would you say distinguishes the new edition, other than the cards? Ugh. Which, I mean, when, it, when, it, when the thing was advertised on Kickstarter, I, I saw it and saw all this stuff about cards and thought, that's not enough to hang a new, new edition on? I'm not. Sure, they've lost a lot of the specific. They've lost a lot of the time-specific jokes that went in in previous editions. Well, that's fair. You have to do that. Really. Um, I'm not sure. I at the moment they they're running a version of of the future in which all the clones have um, have computers in their heads. And uh, and everything that the computer does not approve of is pixelated out. Mm. Um, they've also got rid of the of the idea of having the uh, having your clone family already activated and re- jealous of you and waiting to st- uh, to take over. Yeah, that that was kind of silly. That was kind of silly. Um, even for paranoia. Even for for par- for paranoia. Um, we I, I haven't actually run it yet, so I I, I okay. think you, you discover this. In, in the running of it. Hopefully it's going to be fun, but um, I really couldn't tell you at the moment. Both Roger and I have started a stint as players uh, recently, last couple of days in a campaign uh, for the new edition of Vampire, Vampire the Masquerade, 5th edition, set in a fictional Scottish city, so we expect it to be grim, dirty, and and uh, uh, down at heel, and um, and street uh, Have you read the books? No. Are they weird? No, they're not weird at all. They're, they're, they're essentially no occult content, except in people's heads. 
but they're really quite nasty. I strongly recommend them. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're talking about the Old Castle novels yes. by... Stuart McBride. Stuart McBride. And uh, and and, the, the, and we are the even nastier things in the darkness, um, which the, the police we really hope don't know about. And It'll only be bad for them if, they've, let's face it, everything is bad for the police in that setting. Well, yeah. Um, get, getting transferred there is, is, is punishment. But yeah, the, this is vampire. This is world of darkness, I and mean, I I've lost track of editions and things and and which ones were good for what, but. Yeah, I've I've played World of Darkness briefly before, but it, it's a setting that I've always thought was kind of hard to get to grips with in, in the way they want you to get to grips with it. Well, that's what I, I want to talk about now. Um, I want to talk about getting yourself into character and staying in character and what the GM can do to help or hinder that. I suspect it's mostly hinder, but... Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, first of all, voices. I bother to do voices, even even in my own in my. If the difference isn't desperately clear to the people around me, it's clear in my own head. As a player, I find this very much easier than as a GM. As a GM, it's always been the one thing too many that doesn't quite work. Mm. As a player, I can usually manage not not only an accent but quite often some styles of speech. Yeah, I, I, I've known quite a few people who spoke Slavic languages as their first language, and there are some common patterns. It, it, it's hard to say cold, but when, when I start getting into the accent, I can start saying, OK, yeah, they'd probably do it this way. Well, I'll, I'll admit that I find doing multiple accents as a GM is uh, a bugger. They do. They all tend to meld into each other and then turn Welsh. The, the, the Welsh-Pakistani axis has a lot to answer for. Well, look you. Um, and anybody who who uh, is not familiar with the Bosch Pakistani axis can listen to several of the campaigns that Watson Hall has recorded. Oh, good grief! And and I I, I tend to to fall into some standardised characters. My 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 generalised thug is particularly tedious and bad. But when I'm playing a character, I've got to focus on a sense of their um, backstory and their. Um, and their uh, and, and and their personality, which allows me to make the voice I'm doing and the person I'm being consistent. I, I, well, say, I, I think yeah, it, it maybe it's not so much doing a voice as it is working out who the person is, so that the voice kind of just flows out of that, and the mm. phrasing flows out of that, and the actions flow out of that. Yeah, that vocabulary choice is really really important. With uh, and and listening to yourself and and what you're saying and the thing you're going to say next. I was going to say I don't think I think having backstory is useful. And the vampire I've created, um, I'm going to ba- base a lot of his reactions around what I put into his backstory and uh, where that leads to. But there's a lot a lot to be said for leaving plenty of. Um, of room for later improvisations and um, uh, and installing that into the character's backstory later on. My the other player character I'm being at the moment, uh, Captain um, Roger Bullstrode Spalding of the of the Royal Artillery, um, is is uh, is known to waffle about about the time he was uh, he was on diplomatic tutor in Valparaiso. 
Um, and uh, but normally only when he's drunk because it's it's a slightly shameful story. <laughs> but I'm, I'm building backstory and and out of the out of his drunken reminiscences and out of whatever I need to make up to make mm. the character more interesting in the moment. Well, that's very well. Well, we, we've said before, I think, that um, one of the tricks as GM is not to o- over-design a setting and not to answer too many of the questions, because some of them f- find out what the players want to explore and seek out answers to. Yeah. And um, I think that is true with character- with individual characters as well. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got a pretty good picture of Mirek, my, my character in this vampire game, who um, basically is a fa- fairly young Polish guy, came, came over to work um, on the fishing, on the North Sea fishing. Mm. Because uh, it's even, even even more of a mess in Poland than it is in in Scotland, uh, and then fa- found himself a falling into organised crime because he's 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 a big tough guy, and um, b getting vampired. So yeah, th- th- this was not part of his plan. Do you have a clear Do you have a clearish mental image of him? Uh, I I did the trick that I often do and found a suitable actor, mm. yeah. um, whose name I've now forgotten, but uh, basically I've. He's a guy who's gone gone on to slightly greater fame in Poland now, but he but he has that um, fairly classic Slavic look, hmm. and yeah, I've, I've found some pictures that that are about right. Well, I haven't bothered to. I should. I haven't bothered to find an um, illustration of him, but I think I have a clear image of Morris, who is a short, um, slight, um, uh, bookish and owlish-looking chap. Uh, who looks like and is um, an Oxbridge-trained academic, and and part of and and I think I'm speaking more precisely and more quietly than I am in um, in in real life. I can help hear the difference between him and my re- real terms. I'm not sure anybody else. Can. Also, I think being more prone to hesitate and make sure you've got just the right word. Mm. That could be true. But I, but I, um, I, uh, visualization and hearing the voice are the, the two lead characteristics of, of getting yourself into the mindset of, of it and hearing, hearing yourself saying the things that they're going to say. And, and this is a terrible thing to encourage in people because it, it gets up the nose of, GMs and other players, and I know, I know perfectly well that because we've got another Tremere in the group of a different uh, uh, of a different um, tendency, um, I'm going to get up Dave's nose. I'm, I, 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 I don't know about the GMs, but uh, so, but then my characters do tend to uh, t- do tend to be prissy and um, annoying and 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 f- fussy about details under all circumstances. That might just be me. I, I seem to recall in in the Dirty Grey space game you, you bit saying something along the lines of yes that's all very well but it wouldn't be the right thing to do mm. I hope it annoyed you at the time <laughs> alright so what can the GM do to help and hinder well I, I think it's possibly worth mentioning that I don't have one of my usual props as a player uh, because a lot of the time I play GURPS and if I have an idea of the character, I can find disadvantages that represent them. And if I don't have an char- idea of the character, I can pick some at random and see if they fit together. Yeah, but here we're playing vampire, and we neither of us. And while, while there are thing, things that are disadvantageous to you, they, they are not the sort of detailed personality things that, that, that Well, that yeah. 
We struggle. To, we struggle to find um, group um, convictions or whatever they're called. The, the ethos of our particular tenets of the campaign. Yeah, which broadly speaking, as far as I can see, are here. Here is a thing which you always do or never do, and the GM will find ways to challenge it. Yeah. Um, in fact, if it, I don't know. Does it? Is it that it feels a bit too much like painting a target on yourself? Um, I think it's more that. Well, while we have some idea of who we are individually, we don't know who we are as a group yet. Yeah, that's true. And um, hmm. and we're vampires. And, all right, this is a this is a point I was going to raise later. Skipping over the bit about what the GM can do to help and hinder for the moment, um, there's a a, di- a different sort of challenge playing something that isn't quite human. Mm. Certainly, what what I've done is essentially. Work out who the guy was before he got uh, vamped. Well, that's what he's supposed to do, yeah. Um, and I don't really have all that clear a picture of how he's changed since, other than the, the obvious. Well, the the the, the vampire, um, and I think to a, to a lesser extent, werewolf. Um, they they trade on keeping your humanity in the face of being something not quite human, and humanity yeah. is is valuable to you. But you're still yes, but humanity is a very broad broad concept. I mean, uh, consider if, if if you discovered that you were, oh, let's say, uh, immortal and in perfect health, and this was not going to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go go for a bath in a star, you'll get away with it. I don't see that that makes you less human, but it would probably alter the range of behaviours you indulged in. Yeah, um, and let's be frank, human the range of human behaviour. Uh, as opposed to humane behaviour, is uh, depressingly broad, and it's uh, and and shooting uh, your wife and her lover when you discover them in flagrant delights is just as much a human thing as as uh, as saying, uh, forget, "Madam, you must be more careful." What if somebody else should find you like this? Eh. Or indeed, shoot, shooting some stranger because he looks as if he might have money and do you want some drugs? This is a human behaviour. Yeah. Um, so, but. Uh, it, it's th- there's a distressing tendency in um, in modern fantasy and SF writing to make it really about some aspect of the real world, and that that feels to me like a failure of imagination. Well, I, th- I think to some extent it always is a bit. Yeah, certainly I know people who'd, who'd contend that about science fiction. Yeah, well, that that's like, it's always about the present day, and it's always about. The things that concern us right now, which is dumb and dumb, but on but on the other hand, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not uh, trying to uh, pitch a campaign of sufficiently advanced or whatever the uh, powered by the apocalypse transhuman thing is that I've got back at home. Meanwhile, uh, yesterday I finished reading all, all the novels, novel, novellas, novelettes, and short stories nominated for this year's Hugo. So. So, do you think there's a way? One of the things that I'm I'm thinking this question applies to is what it's like to be a to be a magician or a, or a, a mystic or somebody who transcends normal reality on a regular basis. Um, I want to be able to make that real for my players when they choose to play it. And I think it depends on how it means. feels. Well, how does it feel? I mean, never had that. Either. If if you my magical my magical powers are minimal, I keep checking. But. Yeah, but but some games will give you some hint to this. Yeah. Um, particularly any any sort of system that has a cost for magic. Mm. 
other than just you can't cast that spell again just yet. I mean, GURPS, ma- GURPS standard magic costs fatigue. It, it's physically draining. It, it presumably feels like a fair bit of effort. Yeah, but what do you? What does it feel like? It, but does it? Fa- so, so, you're, so that that suggests to me that you that you are pushing against the universe and forcing it to do what you want. Yeah, but and that is one, get- that is one relationship. Whereas um, GURPS, I've forgotten what it got called, Ritual Path Magic. I think the one that was originally in GURPS Spirits and Voodoo yeah. um, is not. No, it's, uh, it's in some some iterations of that have you gathering energy from from the environment to work a thing, and that that's much more okay. Let's let's try let's search around for the way the universe would be going anyway, and find the thing that is li- mo- as little as possible deviating from that. Mm. For example, that that and if that if that is your model, e- even before we've got into any any detailed cosmology, it's going to feel different in your head. It's. I'm searching around for what's happening anyway and tweaking it rather than I am causing change in accordance with Will. Well, I um, I had um, a okay. GURPS campaign um, about the rediscovery of magic in the 17th century um, in which uh, players found themselves able to um, to move outside of our reality and look on the ways to heaven and to hell and to, I can't remember how many other nodes there were <laughs> in this particular sub-multiverse. And, and they got to rise to face the, uh, the, the eyes of God and to the face of God or to be tempted by the devil. Um, and that is weird enough that it's fun enough as an idea that I want to include it, but it's, it, I, it's I'm not sure how it's how it feels or how it looks. That, I've been that, that, that's sounding Kabbalistic in broad outline. It is. Um, so someone could steal from them. I did. Uh, at, at considerable length. And I must, one of these days, run something with the Kabbal across the Pearl Bright Sea. <laughs> but, where was I? Uh, across the Pearl Bright, Bright Sea. I'm currently reading um, a series of books called The Twenty Palaces. Uh, by a chap whose name I can't remember, but, it, but it's on my phone. It'll be in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes. And uh, and there, 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 there is. It's about a society of really quite wicked magicians who are preventing the spread of magic to such a degree that it will be, it will open the ways to the things that wait outside the world. Mm-hmm. And at one, so basically, the laundry. Uh, no, no, they're a private enterprise. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say they're unconnected. Um, and they, and that there's a spell for you to open the way to peep outside the universe and see the things lurking outside. Actually, imagine it's a thing that they do to every apprentice, uh, when they bring them in. And getting that sort of feel of transcendent knowledge, um, that it isn't part of normal human life into a game is one of the hardest things, I think. And we have wandered from our subject. Yeah, well, I think we're allowed. Um, All right. I, I think that, that I would still take the approach of what, how, how does it feel to do that? Because if you if you don't have at least some idea of the sort of thing it feels like, physical sensation is is one thing. No, no, I, I meant in terms of patterns of thought. Sorry, yeah. that, that's what I'm trying to get All at. Right, here. Good, go on. Um, I'm I'm doing a thing. Um, do do I have to negotiate with spirits every time? 
do I have to find spirits that the sort of the right sort of spirits and say, well, hey, could you, you could just go over here a bit? Uh, again, it's so a shamanistic approach can can similarly be modified depending on the sort of thing you want. And in, in either case, game mechanically, it might well be something like a persuasion skill, mm. but it doesn't have to be necessarily. I'm but, in charge. Yeah. It can, it can, it can, it can, you can fast talk the um, some devils, I suppose, though they're better at it than you. are. <laughs> that was really easy. What's wrong? Mm. Yeah, you want them to feel that. I yeah, helping and hindering the um, the, the players. Focus. Well, the the thing that I find is the absolutely easiest way for me to find out something about a character, mm. or indeed about a setting when I'm GMing, is for somebody on the other side of the table to ask questions. Hmm. Yeah. And to, you... and, and to some extent, that's what the GM's doing in a game anyway. You know, here is a situation, how are you guys going to handle it? Well, uh, what sort of gun does he have and is the safety off? <laughs> <laughs> um, or what do you mean, his eyes are glowing? Uh, or how big are his teeth exactly? Yeah, but again, that, 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 I'm, I'm thinking more. You know, um, you're, you're, you're on, you're, you're on your way to. to um, oh, I don't know. Give, give me a setting. Um, all right, we'll we'll start with the monster hunting thing. Yeah, Alabama, deep south. Sometimes. Okay, so so so. So you, you, you're on your way to follow up a lead, and. Um, you you see some kind of obvious abuse going on. You can just walk past, or are you going to stop and do something about it? This doesn't have to always have to be a plot hook. I mean, obviously, if to a lot of players, they will assume, but the GM wouldn't mention it if it, if it weren't meant to be. Yeah. Well, but, you know, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just. Well, who are you? Are you the sort of person who says hey? Or are you the sort of person who, who tries to ignore it? Are you are you too worried about being a stranger in town who maybe doesn't fit in too well anyway that you don't want to draw attention to yourself. Mm. This isn't this isn't an obvious moral good bad thing though. I think it could easily be interpreted that way. It's more who are you? Mm. Why do you react this way? Yeah, and um, why does your uh, your teammate say no? Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Pass on by. All right, giving giving the, all right, giving them chances to further define themselves. Yes, I think I think he's. Is one of the one of the the, the major helps. Though I noted note that I that I'd I put some sort of either benefit or clue or consequence into that. Uh, yeah, but, but okay. Here, here's another example. You you you're in in the um, local small store, and you you spot somebody sneaking out with something they've obviously shoplifted. Yeah. Now. Maybe the store person is your, is your, is your, the person who has the key clue you want, or maybe that guy who's the shoplifter is the guy who has the key clue you want, mm. and you don't know. So even if you don't really know who your character is yet, even if you're trying to just play for maximum efficiency, you, you need to think about how to answer that. Yeah, would you be as, uh, a big enough dick as a DM to say, well, actually, it was the other fellow, the one that you let go? Oh, surely not. <laughs> uh, uh, right. But I th- to, to, to hop back to GURPS briefly, um, the reason disadvantages are disadvantages, and the reason disadvantages are useful in characterization specifically for mm. me, is that they are basically a set of reasons not to do what is obviously the standard efficient thing. Yeah, that's true. 
and it is really since gaming, to, to my perception at least, got got away from the pure maximum efficiency dungeon that mm. that has become a useful thing. Because if, if I, I've certainly heard of killer DMs whose, whose players thought the campaign was great for many years, but basically if they if they did anything other than the exact best thing, they were dead. You know, did you forget to check for traps? Well, that's just too bad. Yeah, that sort of thing. The aha jump uh, on the players. Model. I found um, well, so- whereas once you have once you get once you have allow inefficiencies, you you can have much more fun. Mm, true, and you find yourself and you find find yourself holding off the behemoth uh, with one hand whilst keep uh, keeping a tight grip on the orphan child with the, with another. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, he's going to bite your kneecaps. <laughs> well, actually, I'm planning to throw him at the behemoth. Uh, <laughs> bite the behemoth's kneecaps. Um, I think one of the things I noticed in setting up the vampire game was that um, I wasn't so much um, putting in limitations which directly applied to me, though they are implied by the way I've set up the character, as 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 limiting my social opportunities and putting the responsibility for me being despised and distrusted on the GM, which is a different thing, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Is it no doubt does it people put up with being uh, being a social outcast but does it make it make a nobody wants to play a character who's internalized that i think well it, it's one of the standard better game things i think that, that the party of learners isn't going to work and I've, I've certainly known gms who said the first the first bit of personality you need is a reason to keep doing stuff with the party most of the time well yeah i wasn't talking about the party i was talking about the rest of um, okay. underground Vampire society. Well, uh, yeah, my my trick there is I don't really have a good feel for how it works yet. Hmm. Um, as far as far as Mirek is concerned, well, you know, there, there clearly is this vampire society, and yeah, the the way I've been picturing it recently is like be, being a role player in the early eighties in a small town. Hmm. Yeah, there, there may be only six other people who do role playing at all, and you have to get on with them because otherwise you ain't going to get any game. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, so, so you, I, you actually, I think re- that probably works better better as a, a model for mages than vampires. <laughs> but I don't know what 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 are we on sort of ten or twenty yeah. vampires in the town is the impression I get. It's of that sort of order anyway. Mm. And there may be some of them we we really come to hate, but we still need to be working with with what vampire organisation there is rather than against it. Yeah. I've got, I, I got a feeling all these animal meetings are going to grind on my teeth terribly. <laughs> uh, it's not that he's a he's a camarilla at heart, I think, but um, but it, it, it's just, just I want somebody to shout order order. The you always come and complain about that. We've heard it. I don't care if we have to give everybody a voice. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh anyway, the the thing I. I think I want to mention as a, a thing that GMs do badly um, is to say is saying no, you can't do that. Or no. actually, the worst thing is to say no, you wouldn't do that. Hmm. Um, assuming things that you know about the GM knows about the character, there has to be a better way to explain. I think that should be minimal. I, I, I have used a phrasing along the lines of, "As you contemplate this action, you feel a sharp pain in your coat of armor." 
or some, something of that sort, which will say, okay, you know, here, here is due warning. But, yeah, but um, uh, 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 as you contemplate this action, uh, you, th- you think about uh, uh, think about what the uh, Nosferatu did to the to, to the thin blood that time. I wonder if she'd do the same to you. Hmm. We haven't got any thin bloods in town. Have you noticed that? That's very suspicious. We haven't found them yet. All right. I guess we can always make some. <sighs> Don't. <laughs> um, we the the thing the thing is the thing that GMs can do best for the players is to say to them, "Yeah, right." I can work that in, and this is how it looks to me. Mm. To take to take the, the the players' contributions and make them real, even if it isn't quite what you had in mind. I've certainly had some large chunks of uh, character background which never actually became relevant in the game. Mm. Perhaps in part because I'd, I'd misapprehended the form the game was going to take. Yeah. Uh, but they're still useful in telling me who the who the character is. Yeah. Um, the character um, Noel Sturtenburg uh, in, in the Infinite Cabal campaign mm. is somebody who talked her and yes, the point is her way into into uh, membership of the Royal Society, essentially by stubbornness and bad temper, mm. and a certain amount of competence. But the stubbornness and bad temper are what, are, are, are what what caused them to listen to the competence. And the, the, this does tend to be her default approach to many situations, though she's mellowed a bit. Mm. I don't think she has the bad temper anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the yeah, the uh, I don't suppose that uh, Morris uh, Pasco's um, background with, with his master will ever come with his uh, sire will ever come into play, but it's forming a, a, a core of his crusty and unpleasant personality. He, he really resents having been made into a vampire. I think more vampires should resent this. Oh, very much so. Um, do do bear in mind, Merrick was brought up as a, as a good Catholic boy. How's he doing with consecrated ground? At the moment? Not so well. All ah, right. Not to mention, he he is well aware that there are things he's leaving out of his confessions. Quite a lot of things. So you're confessing to gluttony, but not biting the necks of people. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, have we have we have we wrung that dry, or does well? I, I don't. I don't think there is a st- single standard method. Um, vam- vampire is particularly challenging for me yeah. because there are, there are lots of things that that have some sort of game mechanical effect, uh, as as with most systems, but very few of them seem to speak to how it has that effect. I mean, yeah, stats and skills and stuff, obvious, but um, yeah. the the advantages and disadvantages are. Uh, think things like you have a dread of this, or you have contacts like that. Yeah. So, as, as opposed to um, you're, you're you're generally un- uncomfortable in this situation, or you you like 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 to go down the pub every now and then, and so on. I've got a feeling that, like angels and demons in in nominee, uh, vampires are somewhat simplified people. Because mm. there is there is the uh, the one overriding concern, and a lot of uh, lesser concerns caused by their conditions. Yes, though I think we have canonically 
um, vampires who live on animals, vampires who live on packaged blood, yeah. that sort of thing. And it it does seem to me that uh, that that's, that if if this sort of thing were, were to happen to me, that's probably the way I'd go. Um, you know, get 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 a job such that such that I could uh, cause minor shrinkage from a blood bank every now and then. And, yeah. uh, I I feel I feel that, uh, but the point is that every so often the the beast gets out of control. The hunger overwhelms you, hmm. and dramatic but bad things happen. I've I've yeah. accused myself in the past. I, of, I've heard violent criminals say say that that was that was what happened. Yeah, yeah, and maybe they had an excuse, and maybe I will feel more for them after this role playing experience. But <laughs> um, what was I going to say was I have accused myself in the past of not pushing the players hard enough, and I hope Doctor Bob is going to be um, willing to push us hard enough. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, this is certainly not the sort of setting I would I would contemplate playing with any old GM. So. Okay, there you are, there you are, Doctor Bob. We've we we no no pressure, no pressure <laughs> whatsoever. Some while ago. Valued listener Brett Evel asked us to consider the differences between generic fantasy land and medieval Europe. Hmm. You know, there, there, there is history as learned by most people. There is history as learned by actual historians, and then there's fantasy land. And which of these differences are actually interesting? And if one wanted to emphasise these or, or reverse them, what, what would be good to look at? Well, uh, the, the first thing that struck me yeah, is in, in your, your standard D&D type fantasy, there is essentially nothing like feudal duty. Or if there is, it's only at a quite high level. Yeah. Bar- barons have to worry about it, but... I think, I get the impression that it happens in the background. The feudal authorities are the authorities, and to start out with, at least, um, the player characters are... Um, not regarded well by the authorities. They, they, they are that dread of the medieval world, the masterless man. Yeah, they are... Um, well, this is one of the things I was going to say, that the model we are basing this on isn't mostly medieval, it's mostly the Wild West. Yes, it always shines through. Yeah, this is, this is that period of American history when there's there's just been a big war, there are lots of people qualified... Uh, uh, and experienced in using weapons and and violence in all its form, and there's a frontier where people aren't too fussy. But perhaps because it was the the, the level of background was described so minimally, most fantasy settings don't make it explicit. There's just been a big war. Though it's just here is a thing you do. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah the you know, I, I could that, stay on the farm, or or I could sa- save up, save up my coppers and go and get some basic fighter training. So yeah, some of the modern, I believe, some of the more modern um, iterations of uh, of F twenty, to use Robin Moore's phrase, um, take into account finding a reason for there being these holes in the ground filled with monsters and treasure. Mm. 
Uh, but by and large, we didn't. We, uh, well, I've planned for my next campaign. All right. Yeah. Well, I, was it? This is the thirteenth century. Yeah. All right. I was going to come back to that because that is. Just after the, the Hundred Years' Wars is one of those periods. Yeah, though I, I think this particular tension is one of the reasons I've been having trouble getting getting down to details about it. Okay, um, but where did, we, where did we wander off? Okay, the, <laughs> uh, the, the yeah, so the, there is, you're out there, and, and to start with, you may have death in your right hand, you may even have the favours of the gods or some small knowledge of the ways of the arcane. But so do a bunch of other people. Well, so do a bunch of other people, and you are trouble walking into town. Mm. Trouble with money, sometimes. Um, trouble that may help um, you with the bandits that have been... May help the authorities with the bandits that have been raiding. Or the, uh, or, or, uh, the thing that is uh, raising the dead from the local graveyards. But you're still trouble. And that, that's another aspect, be, again, because it's the, the, the sparsely populated frontier, you generally don't get in anything in terms of organised military forces. No. Or, um, if, you know, they may exist, but again, they're a long way away. Yeah, but no, the, the local town will have a mayor, not uh, not a, normally a mayor, not a knight in charge. Yeah. I mean, uh, there were, uh, I mean, cities were different, cities and towns were different from the countryside. Um, in medieval times, but they weren't quite the deeply democratic places that they're frequently dis- dis- uh, described as in F20. I don't, I don't think I mean mayors getting elected, to be fair. Um, but I think the, the, the common assumption is more likely to be they, they were cr- appointed by, by the corrupt rich people of the town. Well, yeah, that, that's the oligarchy. That's the that's that that's the uh, that 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 that's that's the uh, that, that that's the council of, of guilds and 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 disgustingly rich people, and that's the respectable bit of, of town that is. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, and most of the republics of the medieval period are are oligarchies designed to ensure that the people with enough money. To make a difference, are the ones in charge, so you know they don't have to bribe the co- commonality or anything vulgar like mm. that, because the commonality uh, get a limited say. Are told to be grateful that they live in a free city. It's interesting in some ways that it, that it does tend to be a money economy, mm. and in, in part because that that's what you get for having easily portable loot. Yes, um, the money but, but, economy shouldn't really be happening outside of the larger towns. But barter, in my experience of. of um, Classic dungeon mashing is really quite rare. Yeah, they they expect there to be a a a shoppy for the, an, a a, a second e- even bargaining is quite rare. A second an armor shoppy, um, which will give you, um, which will give you a fixed rate of exchange for your fifty batched up uh, or orc uh, breastplates. We host the previous owner out of it. What more do you want? Dunked it in the river twice. That's professionalism, that is. After first, of course, blessing the river so that it was holy water for the duration. There is historical precedent for that. Really? I don't... I, uh, I, 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 I believe don't it was the Patriarch there Kiev. a continually chant, which is the water's flowing past. Yeah, all right, uh, there's another there thing. There was a map, mass baptism involved. All right. I still, th- I still think a bit... You, you, I think you need a choir for that one, <laughs> honestly. You need some sort of continual will to call the attention of the divine. I blessed I bless that water. I did. What do you mean it's one away? There's another thing. 
uh, polytheism. Mm. Uh, and polytheism with churches. Sometimes. Whereas if you go somewhere small, there's just the church. Yeah. Which often... The temple of all deities. Mm, I don't know. It, it varies quite a bit from from campaign to campaign. Quite quite often, particularly if the if the GM is broadly anti-religious, as, as a lot of us uh, uh-huh. were, were in the 80s and in some cases still are, uh, it, it ten- tends to drift all too easily into being the Church of No Redeeming Virtues. Yeah. Uh, the Church of Corrupt uh, Priests and Fat Friars mm-hmm. and and Bishops who are just another type of landlord. Yeah, though I think some of that may be because you don't really have monasteries. Yeah, no, you, there's, you, there's you, occasionally, you occasionally have them as, as victims, you know, we've, we've been raided, but what, you, you don't have um, the House of Scholarship, well, well, because you, that's what the wizards do. No, well, you don't have the, the Cistercians uh, going out and uh, making themselves deeply miserable and breaking um, uh, frontier lands into um, something that's inhabitable and, um, and, and uh, can at least support uh, sheep farming, if nothing else. And accidentally inventing a whole new style of beer. Well, yeah, but they're, 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 <laughs> but they're, they're, this was this was a thing in the Christian Church. Some of the orders would would go out and find places far away from the temptations of the flesh, mm. and gradually make it suitable for other people to come in and suffer the temptations of the flesh there. Yeah, I I think the the churches tend to be fairly ineffectual. Um, this is in part because everybody has to be fairly ineffectual so that the PCs can do stuff. Yeah, that's really. Uh, except, but, but one the, does start to wonder a bit what they're for. But the, except the PCs have clerics in them, and the clerics have the power of a god. Now, are the PC clerics the average run-of-the-mill priest, or are they something else? Are they um, specially chosen champions? I think they have to be specially chosen champions. Other, otherwise, for, uh, for Father Derek da, da, down in in the village, who walks with a limp, um, can can blast the orcs as they try to come in. Mind you, um, taking a classic D and D or low level RuneQuest model, a, a, a um, priest who who can do a minor healing spell once every few days would make a huge difference, con- considering the rate of uh, infected wounds from agricultural injuries in, in a typical peasant village. Well, cure, cure disease and uh, even better, even better. Uh, um, and yeah, you really want to bless crops. Um, Whatever form that takes. Whatever form that takes. Um, even, even if you have to, uh, even if you have to, uh, gut, gut a sheep in sacrifice, or occasionally a virgin, if you're that sort of deity. It works better on people from out of town. We've found. Yes. Yeah, speaking of that, <laughs> um, the 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 ability of all these these armed lunatics uh, uh, wandering about in in bands looking for trouble and sometimes making it. Uh, strikes me uh, that we don't really um, we don't really play anything like the distrust of strangers as strongly as we ought to. I, I've known campaigns where that did happen, but it was quite rare and regarded as unusual. Certainly, if you look at the the institution of the jury as originally set up, hmm. it wasn't there to decide the rights and wrongs of the case. It was there to say to the incoming judge, "You didn't know anybody. Um, yes, yes, your honour." This is the sort of person who might do this sort of thing, or no, Your Honour, this is, he's a good lad, really. Mm. There must have been a mistake, even if it was found. 
with, with a dripping scythe, um, which, which uh, had just been pulled from the guts of his mother. The, uh, Anybody could have made that mistake. I, 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 was, I was sharpening it, and it slipped. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, yeah, the hostility towards towards random strangers. Well, was historically fairly great anyway. If you, yeah. if you look at the medieval side of things. Um, because very few people have a reason to travel, mm-hmm. and if they do, they are ah, yeah. That's another thing. Clothing, e- even if there aren't sumptuary laws, it there is this overall. As as far as I can see from from the history I have read, there's just this assumption that if you can glance at somebody and know their station in life, yeah, that's a and, good thing. Yeah, and that's not something player characters indulge in. Well, no, because well, decoration. I don't know. They will ah. Uh, so I can imagine warriors decorating themselves with all the arm, uh, all the coats of arms that they're entitled to carry, and even a few that aren't. And I can imagine a priest be- uh, carrying uh, the insignia of their god. But even before you've rolled up in the village and said hello, we would like to buy beer, you look like weirdos. Mm, this is true. You're not you're not dressed in the in the same sort of homespun stuff that uh, everybody else is. And you're wearing armor and carrying. Um, Expensive-looking weapons. Mm. Uh, all right, but the point is here: some of this was put in place in the default setting, out of ignorance. Some of it was put in place because of the Wild Western assumptions, and some of it's there to um, increase the amount of fun mm. for the values of fun the people who play F twenty go for. Now, the, the thing that I think comes not, not directly out of the Wild West but out of Wild West stories mm. is very much the sense that you are it. There is nobody you can appeal to. Yeah. There, is, there, there are no well, there yeah. are no police um, and Or at the, the very least, if there are, they're completely ineffectual against the sort of things you have to face. Yeah, well, we keep coming back, back to that in all forms uh, yeah. of adventure. Either you make the characters uh, part of the authorities, and that's the Pendragon apo- mm. approach to um, uh, medieval role playing. Yeah, John John Darnold worked out in it during the course of a long running Pendragon campaign he was playing in that essentially the knight is the troubleshooter. Yeah, um, he 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 is the point of appeal when somebody has a problem that the the, the regular channels don't immediately offer a solution for. Yeah, the blessed bleach. Um, whereas. In F twenty, they want the power, but they don't want the <laughs> obligations. You can't go down the dungeon. We need you to come back and be Pope. God <sighs> said so. Yeah. If I, if I were running that, then God would t- turn up on the campaign and spoil everybody's fun. <laughs> <laughs> but some some people like the. Um, uh, the restrictions that something semi-realistic will bring. Yeah, I mean, this I, is I, the I, impulse behind Ars Magica, I think. I, I have tended anyway. to, to grow towards liking to have some sort of functioning society. Even if you're on the edges of it, it's nice to think you know how it works. Yeah, except... All right, uh, if you've got, but if you've got the, um, uh, the set-up in Ars Magica where mages are mostly automatically hated... Hmm. Um, then you want to be somewhere on the on the boundaries, except that you do want to be able to take the valuable products of your silver mine, which you produced mostly without magic, 
um, and 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 uh, and trade it in for stuff. Yeah, and, and it's really hard to get powdered mercury at your typical village market. Yeah, um, and what do you do it? Cos- uh, gaming in cosmopolitan cities is um, is a story of its own, but uh, there were remarkably few cosmopolitan cities. Yeah. Um, the the typical campaign, I think, just just assumes that the city is sort of there. Yeah. When when you need it, there's a town. There, there's a city far in the distance. There's a town near at hand. There's the village, and then there's you. But do you think people find fun in knowing that there are all the, these complicated social rules? And you're either going to have to pay the points to be to be excused to them, or you're going to have them clump in your face. And the points, if you pay them, have things called are called oblige attached to them. Well, I think that leads to an interesting decision for players to make, even if they only do get to make it once per character. Yeah, but um, what one of one of the ideas I'd like to have in in the fourteenth um, century. Whatever, whatever it ends up being called, yeah, is you 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 can keep going going on um, bashing dungeons for as long as you like, but so, sooner or later the, the the nobles are going to notice you, even if you don't care for them, because let's face it, you're a good chunk of an army. Yeah, and and they would like you on their side. Thank you very much. Well, at least not on the count over theirs side. Mm-hmm. Um, there comes a point. But is that uh, fun spoilering? Do well. I, I I think if it's presented up front as this is this is the way the campaign can go, hmm. then that, then then you get some degree of player buy-in. I mean, I'm I'm frankly not interested in running it running a campaign that is just about killing things and taking their stuff with no variation. True, um, but I but I've had players who who looked at me and said we're really not interested in the political stuff, you know. We thought it would be about something different. Mm. It's it's difficult to to know. It was a failure of mine because I allowed my obsessions to take over the game rather than the players. Uh, of course, that's another thing that that differs a huge amount of just social mobility in general. Yeah, um, P- people like the peasant hero, but no, the peasant hero is a peasant. Uh, he, he, he wasn't he wasn't trained to arms of the age, from the age of three. He's not going to be competitive with the people who were, except when he is. Is is, is, is the standard uh, is the, the standard. world pattern? Yeah, um, and and the, and that uh, that all this all this blue blood counts for something. It might be interesting to run a campaign where that was true. Um, I think I think uh, Pendragon sort of assumes uh, that it's true and absorbs it into the background. But uh, if you uh, if like vampire. Except the other way around, um, your generation matters, and the later it is, the more blue-blooded you are, therefore the more powerful that you are. Mm. And you could have taken your great-grandfather if he hadn't died died before you were born. Um, and you could certainly take him now. <laughs> yeah, if you dig him up first. Um, the 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 problem is: Do you want to go with the modern assumptions about what? The reality engine is, or do you want to go with uh, with something that is genre based? Does anybody nowadays actually enjoy the uh, the the snobbery of even um, 
late 19th century stuff where where you look down upon the the poor um, working class chap and laugh at him behind your back. Considering the contortions I see steampunk games going through, trying to trying to either either avoid that or make it insignificant in some way, I think the answer is no. Hmm. But uh, but then you have the problem of getting the uh, social structure to face reality and for persuading them that uh, that actually the chap over there, though he may not know who his grandfather was, um, is actually quite. Um, uh, it's actually a, uh, quite a useful asset to have, don't you know? Yeah, the th- thing is that the more things change, the more you accommodate the actual magic and monsters and mm. indeed genre tropes like somebody going from humble beginnings to, to get vastly powerful if he survives, the less the resulting society is going to be even recognisable. I think not. Well, can, I, can I put in, in a word for the bullshit of the upper classes here? I believe that there's always been um, an oligarchy um, and it's always redefining itself to incorporate more of the pe- fresh blood that it needs. Yes. And uh, Sorry, I, w- I wasn't thinking just of that point, but yes. Um, so, uh, and so, But <clears throat> it does so without admitting uh, that it's any different from the oligarchy uh, version 1.7, that it was here only a moment ago. Yeah, well, uh, look, look at merchants moving into society in the 19th century. Yeah, and uh, buying themselves titles, and um, generally making sure... And that then, then do- suddenly becoming much more up across than the people who've been doing it all the time. Yeah, well, they've had somebody to explain to them how to use that dratted spoon. <laughs> they remember it. Whereas, uh, whereas for a uh, super... Percy, or the or the or the baronet, or the duke, and all that stuff is is has gone gone just like their schoolboy Latin. He's not terribly bright, and nobody ever tells him he gets it. He's getting it wrong. Well, who would dare? He owns half the county. <laughs> but I, I think it's also things like if, if if you have priests who can heal, then priests who can heal are, are going, going to that 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 alone will will do terrible yes. things to the peasant death rate. You're going to have a population explosion, never mind anything else. Unless you can persuade people to stop screwing, which, let's face it, you can't. Nobody's ever managed that. Ah, uh, well. Unless, of course, they're all being eaten by monsters. Yeah, all right, that's the solution to your population. <laughs> the reason that you need those priests is that, that any, uh, you get a half-decent plowman and, you, and something comes along and gnaws his legs off. <laughs> um, the... Yeah, all right, the fact that there are monsters should also affect the, the society. It should also mean that people go out in groups um, bearing, uh, bearing uh, uh, farming implements which can be used as weapons mm. and, uh, and uh, keep one of them on one side to act as a lookout, even if they're ju- just go- going, out, go out, going out to hoe the fields and clear them of weeds. Yeah, um, the... the um pre-agricultural revolution of three field stuff I think if, if, if you've got that situation where everybody has his own strip yeah, I think that probably works quite well for that because they'll be at slightly different points and looking in slightly different directions and so on mm. and but, things can burrow I, but, but you, do, you do come up after a bit with, with the problem that actually it works better if you have somebody who's specialised in violence rather yeah. than all of you picking, picking up your agricultural implements and rushing over well, yeah, the but but the the specialist in violence is to go and find its nest and kill it and its mother. Mm. I don't. What you could a question you could ask, and I don't know if there's an answer, 
is what sort of supernatural would you have to have to create something that looks at least on the surface like um, a standard historical setting? I don't know if there's an answer to that, but... Something that works the way people believed it worked. Seems uh, to be the obvious. Yeah, well, that's the Ars Magica answer. Um, and unfortunately... Uh, also, the supernatural is hugely rare. Yes, that's true too. Um, uh, and somebody always knows somebody who's had his legs eaten, but um, it never seen, they never seem to be around anymore for reasons. Yeah. Well, yeah. Got your legs bitten off, you can't generally get around that well. Yeah, well, that, well we, can, we can't afford a trolley. Um, so we just buried him in the field and, uh, and, uh, and, and hoped that the blood would do it good. The, there are probably, for the existence of magic ought to make a difference. And the last part of Ars Magica is devoted to ideas on why it should, why it doesn't. Hmm. Um, they mostly do it by nerfing the, uh, the wizards in one way or another which is a very r ridiculous outcome for a game which was supposed to be about creating really powerful wizards yeah. in the first place. What do you want to happen with your, your game? Where do you want to uh, to lean? Because um, there's a lot of good stuff about the weirdness of the medieval period, of the real-ish, in as much as it, modern historians can establish this medieval period. And I'll put another mention for what I mentioned before, the Time Traveller's Guide to Medieval England as a, as a, as a source mm. of ideas. But what do you want to include and what do you want to exclude for... And what do you want to get changed by the onset of the new reality? Well, I, 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 I still want uh, essentially childish nobles who, who will go to war over a slight... Um, who, who will listen to their obviously dodgy advisers? Why uh, do you... who, who will be persuaded by mad nuns? Ah, uh -huh. it always comes back to the mad nuns. Yeah, well, uh, it's, it, you don't get mad nuns as a character class; they're NPCs. <laughs> Actually, I, I, I know players who could play a really good mad nun. Um, but the, 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 the tension I'm after is <laughs> the, the physical threat of going down and bashing things. Yeah. Versus the physical to some extent, but much more, much more of a, a social threat of try, trying to um, survive in in a world where people are like this, hmm. and, 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 and can you know, go to war at a whim. Well, the uh, is this going to be a step change right at the beginning that the the, the, the monsters and the dungeons are coming back? <sighs> Possible. I mean, as I picture it, and as I say, it's not really gelling. Uh, it, one, one could shift between one and the other. So where, where the typical dungeon bash has, has town that's fairly vaguely defined, this would be town where you, you, you get in and, oh, you're wearing yellow. You better hide that before, before they uh, see you. Yeah. The, the, the uh, Baron doesn't like yellow. Uh, yes, his wife did just run off. Why do, why do you say? I only mention it. Uh, the... Uh, uh, well, I I I think that uh, I have this innocent belief that the the nobility must have been some use for something at some stage, and maybe they have. Um, well, when the actual invasion happens, they're the ones who who raise the army. 
Yeah, but if they haven't been useful for a while, um, then uh, then it gives you a reason that they're so bloody useless now. Mm. Um, They have if if you if you if knowing about how to raise an army and how to how to general an army and how to lead uh, lead your banner of knights is what makes a noble valuable. Then um, it defines their defines a certain level of, of connection with reality. Mm. If they have become uh, prouder of their ancestors than they are of themselves, then that speaks to a long period of um, peace, maybe. Yeah, I, I certainly see this as a moving towards more hazardous times. Mm. But on the other hand, I'm not sure that's actually true of the French nobility at the start of the Hundred Years' War, because they were pretty useless then, and mostly spent their time fighting each other and struggling yeah, so, to so capture they, the crown. So they were quite good at the sort of fighting they'd be doing, and when, some, when somebody then brought along a, a step change, such as the knight in armour is no longer the invulnerable terror weapon of the battlefield, oh, we, they, they did a really terrible job of coping with it. Yeah, that's true. Not a longbow, a sorcerer with fireballs. Yeah, well, that might work. Hmm. Or, or, or they dreaded cook them inside their armour spell. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the sort of thing I'd research if I, I were a, a sorcerer, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Or, or mud. Summon mud. Oh, summon bees inside their armour. <laughs> Better wasps. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, Quicksand? Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, there was all this terror about quicksand. I, I, I got the impression that it must be something that people run into you know, every day. Well, um, it's a very, it's a very useful dramatic device. You see, <laughs> all uh, you have to do is float like water. I don't know why people panic in quicksand. People can write and tell us why people panic in quicksand, <laughs> just as they can, they can write and tell us all the, all the. Uh, Myths about the Middle Ages that, that that aren't true. I swear, because you have to be uh, to have some um, new piece of knowledge in order to qualify as a PhD. The the easiest thing to do is find some piece of knowledge that everybody knows about history, and then you know go ahead and do a thorough job of doubting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is why I keep keep <laughs> hearing um things about about uh, no, they didn't all drink small beer that sort of thing right anyway um, are we done? I think so yeah and now the second part of our actual play of a confidential adventure by Pelgrane Press and Robin D. Laws The Fathomless Sleep Episode 2, The Boyfriend. Well, there are two people I want to ask for background, among those I know. Uh, One of them's going to be harder to find than the other, so let's just first try to Max Vale. See if he's available. The, the art director at Capital Pictures. Hey, D-Boy, come in, come in. 
I am I'm working on this thing. Does this look like anything to you? This this set design to me it looks like. Yeah. I mean, look at look look at this. It is some something ancient, maybe. Uh, it, it, I I think I think he had he had something in mind. I think he thinks that looks Egyptian, but I I think it looks like New Jersey. Yeah, well, parts of New Jersey are pretty old. I'm told, never been there. Not that old. Well, dear boy, what may I do you for? <sighs> Just looking for a little background at the moment. Um, you know Marshall Daly? Ah, he is. Nice uh, works here, so. Well, works for here. Yes. He is, uh, hmm. uh, you'll find him in typewriter alley. I hear he is. (sighs) What sort of guy? Some of the others complain about him not being, um, not being. Not being really interested in the job, in the craft. I know it sounds ridiculous in, in Hollywood, given that we, we churn these things out, set in New Jersey or Egypt, whatever. But, you know, some of them care, and some of them just come in and do the minimum and, you know, throw... It's a job. It's a, it's, it's a job, and, and talk a big deal, but don't actually... Um, don't actually do anything very much. Um, one of the guys, a friend, a particular friend of mine, he says that Marshall is looking for trouble because he's more interested in his politics than he is in his job. You know, people have spent years in Typewriter Alley doing um, doing the the churning out papers and do, doing doing a job. But every so often, there's trouble up up the line, and people start looking and saying who is worthwhile having here. And the Marshall has not produced anything top flight. What have you done for us lately? Well, quite. And uh, if the bosses knew uh, that he is planning the overthrow of capitalist civilization, they might take it badly, you know? Ah, hey, ain't we all? (laughs) Not me. I merely wish to decorate an attractive scene. With me in it, of course. So, does he have money from somewhere else, maybe? I mean, if he's not worried about losing the job. I know a a little about him. I do not know him. But but he doesn't look as if he's... Spending more than he pulls in. Not that I can tell. Nah. Uh, if he did, he would probably give it to the comrades. Anyway, you come round. You come round. I am having a party, a party week Sunday. You come. You come round, and we will we will have drinks, and there will be there will be canapes and and everything. It it is my birthday. A little late for my birthday, but it is my birthday. You come around, thanks. You you need to get out in the sunshine and not hang around in the office or dark alleyways all the time. Go, go, be good. Not always fond of your company, but the food's good.
Okay. And the other one to go for, I think, is Madame Eva. Or Eva, more likely. Down at the palm reading joint. If she's not too busy. Just a just a short way from Graham's Egyptian theatre. So, you know, what? Come in. Come in. Madam Eva knows all, sees all, and couple. Oh, it's you. And doesn't doesn't tell more of it than it's good for somebody. That's <laughs> why I rely on you. I'm not that reliable. Here, cross my palm with silver or something green, isn't it? And fetch the bottle from over there. How are you doing, Dex? You need a better supply for this stuff. Hell, I need a better supply for this stuff. I'm afraid, I'm afraid the budget is just not there for the better stuff this this week. This year. Maybe. Anyway. Yeah. Got a case. Unpleasant things happened to someone. Uh-huh. And, uh, she was a little into, um, Let's say the 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 sort of people who you might know about. I know about a lot of people, Dex. Be more specific. Yeah. She was talking about auras and that kind of thing, but specifically the term Argent Light got mentioned, and I wondered I if that meant anything to you. Clara. Clara Nable. Hmm. Sorry? Clara Nabel, she's the, the dame who is uh, running the Argent Order. Okay. I got... Mm. And who's she? We're not close friends. She, I mean, she she is so much above uh, the level of Madame Eva. You know, she, she hangs out with much more uh, exalted people than well, then I get here for a uh, for a uh, for a silver do- dollar a reading, you know. Mm-hmm. But she's hmm. It's hard for me to tell. I I mean, we're not friends. But what what sort of outfit is this? Ah, uh, theosophists. Oh, uh, I'm still going. Good. A good flimflam never really wears out. You just have to file off the re- uh, uh, the the serial numbers and uh, give it a new paint job. You so 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 that's what past lives that kind of thing. Past lives, secret masters. Oh my life. Ah, uh, yeah. She's got. She's got a, quite a few. Rich people hanging around her, sucking up the spiritual comfort. I suppose it's not that much different from a pastor passing the plate around, but you know how I feel about them. So it's meetings. It's. I think it's more in a, some meetings, some individual counselling. But no, I don't mean she's. I I got never got the feeling she was that way inclined. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you get the feeling that there's something more that she isn't saying. Now, Avery, you know, I take it, I take it kindly that uh, there are certain things you don't want me to know about. But I've seen some things, and even if I just wanted to insult you, I know that this isn't all just to suck her in the rooms. Okay. Something happened. Something happened to this girl. Something that. All right. All a right. little, a little beyond the usual. I think she saw something. She she looks at you and says, "Maybe the time I met her. Maybe the time I met her, she she did better than the cold read." She may have some real talent, and the one of the two of the things she said, you know, there are some things I don't like to talk about that I don't like having talked about. And there are, maybe she just, maybe she's involved with them, or maybe she just knows about them, but I don't know. I really don't. Dipped in a toe, pulled back, maybe something else. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you get involved too deeply in that sort of thing, Dex. I like you the way you are. Standing up and capable of pouring me a drink. Hmm. Suit the action to the words, obviously. Take a hint. So, where do you want to go next? <sighs> okay. According to this list, I do not know anybody who can provide me with library use. <laughs> That's fine. This re cool. I think it's called research in this system. No, it's, it's specifically mentioned as uh, hang on, on, on the list and not not. Is it going to have to be one of those? No, no, that's fine. Uh, hang on, hang on, no, no. I need to have a look and see. Languages, law, locksmith, medicine. No. <laughs> okay. I'm willing to call that. Reassurance, technical, craft, technical, general abilities. Roger, there is no. It may be on that list. <laughs> Fine. This could get. This get. <coughs> All right. Research is there. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, that, that I can do. Uh. <clears throat> So, clearly the order is keeping its nose clean or paying off the right people. Either way, there isn't going to be anything in the newspaper morgue about it. Hmm. <sighs> okay. 
Okay, let's uh, let's talk to Daly. Okay, got an idea. If, if he's you know, if he's around, I don't want to pull him away from his work just yet. Okay, well, bring whiskey. He. By the time you get to Capital Pictures, and uh, it's early afternoon, and that means you're just in time uh, to see um, a young man pull his uh, 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 roll his into his car into the car park outside Typewriter Alley, and. Uh, and wander over towards the offices um, where the writers are. He pauses outside the door, takes a deep breath, and then goes in with a suddenly assumed air of bonhomie and hail fellow well met. And how you doing? How, how's, how's that piece going? And there's a lot of chatter for a while. Um, so, and the security guard you're standing next to say, that's him. Appreciate it. Mm. Ah. Okay, so picking the moment when when he's um, getting out of the cheerful conversation and, and settling down and realising he's still at, sitting at the same old typewriter and he's still got to do the same old work and that's when I give him an alternative to talk, talking to me. Okay, you... Uh, well... Security isn't, isn't great around here, and, uh, and the guard knows. Oh, everybody wants to get in to see the stars. Yeah, who wants to talk to writers? <laughs> and uh, he, he, you wait for a while, and listening in, you can hear people being less than appreciative of the fact that he's coming in and joining at them whilst they're trying to get something done. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on a little way along, unlocks an office at the end of the row, and sits down and looks at a typewriter. The John's da- further down the down down there. He says to you as you're standing in his doorway. <coughs> That's fine, but I want to talk about Helen. He looks up at you. With a certain amount of hostility. You're one of the, those damn, damn scoundrels that are following me around all the time. Nope, only heard of you this morning. Uh, he's, uh, you're lying, you're lying, swine, he says. And he steps up from his desk, pushing his, his chair back violently, and moves towards you. And this, uh, Perversely, is a sense uh, trouble uh, test. Um, do you have sense trouble? At, I do. At how many dice? Two. Okay. Advance is a six plus. And it's the higher of two dice. No, it's the. I, uh, my conviction is that it's. Uh, it, no, it has to be the, t- the total of the dice. Okay. Sorry. There was a moment of, uh, of rules unconfidence there. A total of five. Uh, Seems appropriate somehow. Okay. uh, He socks you. You hit him harder, knocking him back off his feet, and oomph! 
and into the uh, uh, not very new sofa in the corner of his office. That one was free. The others I charged for. Oh hell! Oh hell! What the hell, hell do you have to do that for? I just want to know what the lady was uh, doing before she vanished, because she ain't too well these days. Helen, this is about Helen. Ah, look, I'm not political. I can't afford to be political. You you want to bring down civilization? That's fine with me. You still need a private detective when it's all gone. Sure, I know. I I knew Helen. We were friends before her family cut me off from seeing her. What about Helen? I just want to get some idea of who you you saw her probably more than her family did. Sometimes. So I just want to get some idea of who she knew, what she was doing, who else she was seeing. Helen's dead? I didn't say that. Why is a why is a private eye coming? I mean, I don't know where she is. I'm not asking you where she is. She's a good girl. I would like... I'm very fond of Helen. I would like to have been... I would like to be... Hell, I can't... I'd like to be closer to her. I... I can't even say was or is... She, we were friends. I wanted to be more than friends, but she kept me at arm's length, and that was the way, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I wasn't. I try not to be jealous because you know, I, I, I have other good friends as well. But what do you mean, other people? Oh, let's say you went out with her. Would you go out just with her? Would you, would you see anybody else? Oh, hell no. She was special enough that I only went out with, with her. I thought... Would you go to anywhere in particular? Anywhere out of the ordinary? Anywhere she wanted you to go, maybe you didn't want to? Well, yeah, there was there was this not more... Uh, order of the Argent Light, good grief. I, I'm sorry, I, I'm a Marxist. I'm a materialist, damn it. And then I mm-hmm. don't uh, I don't hold with that. I, I may have laughed in her... All right, I laughed in her face. Not the kindest thing for me to do. And she... One time I found some high-dollar chips from a casino called the Allegria. I, I would have liked to have gone there with her, but uh, but no, no, she she snatched the the, the chips from me, and uh, and uh, and 
I don't know. She panicked. Not like she couldn't afford it. Her sister, according to Helen, her sister was being uh, mean. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, she may have, uh, yeah. What the hell is all this about? You coming? You coming here asking me about about Helen? And if she's dead, I I'd, I'd like to know. I'm not know. the cops. That's just not remember man. that. I'm, I'm glad. Like I said, she's not too well right now. She's she's back. That's that's a question for the philosophers. What? Like I said, she's not too well right now. Oh. Well, and you didn't hear that from me. Oh, no. Right. Okay, I, uh... I didn't hear anything from you. I never saw you. You never put your fist in my gut. Because what I'm looking into, I can tell you this much, is where she's been. So, far as you're concerned, they cut you off. That was it. Yep. But you I went. I, I, I saw less. Nothing. I have a good. She stopped coming round, and 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 after a week, I went round to her place. And her sister, her sister just said said she didn't want me coming around anymore. I could tell she was worried, but but she's she's not exactly the sympathetic type, and she certainly wasn't towards me. If she's back, do you think they'd let me see her? Right now, I really wouldn't try. Okay. Doesn't mean I've forgotten you. Look, if... If there's anything you need, you know... Anything further I can do for Helen? You know that I'd be glad to. I appreciate that, and I'm sure you can understand. There's some things I just can't say right now. Okay. Okay. If somebody's hurt her deliberately, I I want to I want to fix that. Um, that is an edge offering aid. I don't know what good it will be to you, but you might find a use for it. I might need a screen written. Ah! Ah! All right. 
Nobody's uh, seriously tried to beat me up yet. No. So that, that means I'm probably not on the right track. If you want to tell us about uh, the time you time-travelled to the Middle Ages and how you stayed in character as a helpless peasant, you can contact us. Leave a comment on the website or email podcast at tekeli.ly. And we'll be back next month with more fine and refined advice. Mm-hmm.